on the 20th Century Fox lot, they were building the set for this show called Firefly, mm. which was Joss Whedon's new, yep. you know, he was huge at the time with Buffy. And I, I don't know if Angel was out at that time, but um, um, I don't know. But, you know, Firefly, you know, so they built the set. It took months. They built the set on the stage. I went in there as they were wow. building the ship and, you know, like looking at the skeleton of the set. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and it came up. After all this work, they shot the show and it it was, you know, it was done. It took them longer to build the set than it did to shoot. Wow. And then it just, it was one season and that was, that was all she wrote. This is Dystopia Tonight. What's up? Good to see you. Good to see you too. So I've got my my killer jacket on. It's a fucking great jacket. I'm (laughs) literally I'm gonna obsess about this jacket for for months now. That's like I'm it's it's gonna be in my head. It's a great jacket. Um, Did not send me the fun jacket memo. Thanks, John. (laughs) (laughs) We have a thing, you know. I know. We have a thing. It's we just love jackets. Absolutely. Have a bunch of jackets that we probably don't get a chance to wear as often as we'd like to. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I try to wear a different one as much as I like. I love summer, but I get really bummed out when I don't get to wear a, a cool jacket. Yeah. So, you know, you're in Jersey and I was in L.A. for a long time. And surprisingly, it's actually pretty cool there in the winter. And actually, yeah. the summer has been mild. So I'm wearing jackets all the time. I'm now in Florida and like mm. there's all these jackets and <laughs> you, you can't wear them. Right. Yeah. I, you know, when I lived, I moved out to LA and, uh, I was, it took me a bit to shake the leather jacket thing in any kind of like, even like, you know, LA winter is not really winter, oh, yeah. but I would still wear it. And I would just be like, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like no, like this it was is strictly like, you and Andrew Dice Clay wearing leather jackets by the Oh yeah, store. pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. You know, I used to work at, speaking of Andrew Dice Clay, and this is probably going to happen a little bit if we talk about people coming up because like, oh yeah like you live in la long enough there's a connection yeah like, oh yeah and i used to work at gold's gym in hollywood now you wouldn't really know that because of my lack of muscles but i used to work at gold's gym and he used to come in all the time wow holy to shit work did out you, did you talk to him not really hmm. no and at that time you know he was kind of in that phase where people you know, he had a he had a comeback, he had a resurgence. But at that he time, did. you know, people left him alone, and he he wasn't wearing a leather jacket to Gold's gym. No, but he was no. very cool. Yeah, it's hard to work out in those. Um, I say I say that from experience. I've done yeah. like oh, really? real quick. Sometimes you're in a rush and you just swing you know, into a place. You know, and like, if you want to shed some extra pounds, right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then so, if you yeah. pass out, you just do the Martin Lawrence defense. Where you're like, it was hot. I got a heat stroke. Um, but uh, <laughs> um. I bet I worked with Andrew Dice Clay um, in the beginning of that resurgence. And the cool thing was, is that like, I mean, I was just starting out in comedy, but uh, he's just an, he's just an older Jewish guy, which I, I don't know if he'd get, you know, but, but that's what he is. Like, you know, he's got that character. People don't realize that it is just a yeah. character. So when you see him in person, you know, he is just kind of like, 
just a chill, really chill guy. He's, yeah. Then when he gets on stage, he does that whole shtick. Yeah, that was the vibe I got. He was just like kind of a regular dude doing his thing. And then yeah. he just got, I mean, gosh, he got slammed for that character back in the day. Oh, totally. But and also that, people loved him too. So, oh, I mean, state, that's the craziest thing is like stadiums. Him and Kinnison, I think, were the yep. only two that filled like giant, giant fucking stadiums back in the day. Yep. That was unheard of for comedians other than maybe Eddie Murphy at the time. Yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, it was, a, it was, I mean, he was like the rock and roll. Him and Sam Kinison were like the, you know, the leather, the jacket guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Sam had the trench coat and did the yep. preacher thing and, and Dice did, oddly enough, poems. But um, yeah, he did a bunch yeah. of stuff like that. Were you, when you were out in LA, because Eddie Murphy you just mentioned, I swear to God, my friends used to just see him shopping with his girlfriend or wife and i never got to but it seemed like a regular thing when i first got out there like ah, we saw eddie murphy down in melrose today and i'd be like are you guys just doing this on purpose or but i never <laughs> got to see him yeah you know I, I never it's funny because there are certain people i was thinking about this the other day kind of like how fate and destiny work mm -hmm. you know work in your life because i i mean i ran into some very interesting people made friends with some very interesting people and then other people i never saw Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's always like you just miss them. Like, I don't know what it, what the, what it is about that, but it was always yeah. like you'd hear about it. You hear buzz about those kind of people. I never, I'm not good at like picking out celebrities in public. Huh. I don't know if you are, but like, if, like I can't do it. You know, a lot of times, yeah. And a lot of times what, what you realize being there long enough is that <laughs> it's like the alien ships. They're there. You just don't see them. Uh, because, yeah. Like I, I I'm trying to see if I want to tell this story because I don't want to seem like I'm name dropping or anything. No, no, name drop. Drop them. <laughs> we'll pick this them up for fact. you. This is just a fact of part of yeah. what happened in my one part of my life. So I was doing this um this play mm -hmm. and our director was uh friends with um best friends with Angeline Jolie. Oh wow. And what ended up happening is uh, she came to rehearsals a couple times and actually bought us food. Not wow. only that, um, at the end of the play, donated a bunch of money that she didn't have to, like five figures, and everyone got paid. Wow. And guess what I bought with my money? A jacket? A jacket. Nice. I did. I bought a Wilson's, a Wilson's actual leather jacket. The oh, point shit. of the story, though, is that she, you know, she, you'd never know that it was her because she wasn't trying to, you yeah. know, yeah. she wasn't wearing makeup. She wasn't, you know, I mean, and you know, Angelina Jolie, she on screen, she just like, Oh my God, there's no one else like her. She, yeah. yes, she radiates. And I, and, uh, um, she was a lovely person and, you know, in, in person, wow. but not someone that you would recognize if, unless you were looking. Oh yeah. 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 I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I, I love that you bought a jacket with it because it's that's I, I, <laughs> I got out to L.A. I immediately was like because I'd been doing Santa for a while and I hadn't had a regular job in a long time. But I got out to L.A. and I was like, let me get something part time before I get my footing out here at a bunch of meetings and stuff. But I was like, whatever. We're, I got this dumb, dumb job as a uh, um, a receptionist for a uh tom's gonna love this fuck you tom uh, i was gonna say murphy brown murphy Go brown. yes no <laughs> murphy brown. Um, 
even even worse. It was at a dance studio that was literally just fledgling dance studio. So like she didn't know what she was doing, and I lied about everything. So I was like, sure, I know Excel. Sure, I can do this. I was like, how fucking hard can it be? And um, and it wasn't really that hard, but I was not good. Like, it was not worth having me there. And I'm not the first person you want to see when you're, you know, at a dance studio. So, uh, so, um, so anyway, I do that or whatever. I, I, they're like, hey, it's not working out. I'm like, oh, I know. Uh, so I leave and I get my last check and I'm like, I don't have any money, but and I just went to Melrose and I bought a leather jacket. Wow. And and that was it. And then I was fine by the way, when I was out yeah. there, but I was like, Oh, I should really save this. I just lost my only part-time job. I don't have any gigs yet. Nah. And then I was like, I, I went and I bought this fucking awesome leather jacket that I still have. And was, it was worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely worth yeah. it. That's why I was wearing it in like 180 degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will fucking sleep in this thing. Um, was it Millennium Dance Studio that you worked at? What studio was it? Oh my God. I don't remember the name of it. I, I actually don't think it's around anymore. It was, uh, um, yeah, it wasn't in Melrose. I can't remember where it was. Um, I remember driving to it though. And I mean, it's not uncommon in California, but you know, I was driving to go to this dance studio and like, I had to go like around a mountain and I thought I've never ever done anything like this, <laughs> you know, but like, it was kind of far, like huh. where I lived. I lived in, um, studio city and it was okay. nowhere near it. Oh, so you went over the hill. Yes to get to Melrose or whatever. That yeah. Area. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think it might be gone. I mean, I hope she's, she was very nice, but I, you know, sucked. Most um, of the big studios, like that, even the big ones, like back in the day when Britney Spears and all those guys were rehearsing at a place called Millennium Dance Studio. That's, mm. that was the big place that, that place is gone. Yeah. That sounded familiar. Yeah. This one was, no, this one was way smaller and, yeah. uh, but it was nice while it lasted anyway. That um, sounds good. Yeah, it sounds wasn't like too a bad, fun but... job. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it well, it I you know, it was funny because you know, when you know when you have a job and like somebody's so her husband was coming in every now and again. So I'm sitting there doing a thing, and sometimes it just wasn't shit to do because they didn't have a lot of clients yet because they had just opened. Uh -huh. So I'm sitting there, I kind of got done with everything I had to do, and they were literally paying me to sit there, and she was fine because I had to answer the phone and she needed somebody. Right. But he would come in and he'd be like, why the fuck are we paying this kid right. <laughs> to sit here? And I also wanted to be like, I don't know why you're doing it either. But... <laughs> I don't know why you're paying me. I'll, I'll just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do like, you have any extra jackets, though? That yeah, you yeah. Might <laughs> be willing to give to me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, are you teaching smaller people? Because I'll take their jackets. <laughs> um, I'm like, I got this one at a Build-A-Bear. Uh, so <laughs> it's fun. That is a small jacket. It is. A, yeah, I know. <laughs> Oddly enough, they jacket. fit, though. Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's great. Like, so you're, you're, um, extremely talented, man. You do the voiceover work, you're, oh, you're an you. actor and, uh, you're a musician. When you were a kid, what was the first thing? What was the first true love? Ooh, the first thing. Well, I think the first thing for me was my mom took me to, well, first of all, I was raised by television and movies, mm -hmm. you know, big Star Wars, like changed my life. Like the Beatles yeah. changed, you know, musicians lives, Star Wars changed my life. Nice. And so I was glued to the TV. I love cartoons, especially the Transformers, Scooby Doo, yeah, um, Thundercats, right? You know, the stuff like that. Fucking, I love the Thundercats. Yeah. They're rebooting it. Oh, they've they've rebooted many versions of it. Actually, oh, wow. you yeah. might not have heard of them because they haven't really done uh, it as well uh, as the original. But right, um, yeah, it's hard to recapture that '80s magic. In fact, when I lived in New Jersey. There was a place called, oh my gosh, was it Lionel Toys? 
Yes, I know exactly what you're talking Lionel about. Lionel Toys. And I went and I bought the Lionel figure. Oh my God. We know like he had the sword and the, yes. the you know the, yeah. the claw thing that he had. Yeah. So I man, I loved I loved that stuff. And my mom actually took me to a an agent, a talent mm. agent, when I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven. Okay. And on the wall, do you remember that show Too Close for Comfort? Yeah. Yes. The blonde and too close for comfort mm. and a picture of a bunch of people, but she was the only one I recognized. And I was like, wow, it's the girl from too close for comfort. <laughs> and, and they said, we want to take your son. We want to put him in a suit. There's a, there's a new cable company called super TV. We want to put him in this commercial and blah, blah, blah. Nice. And um, my dad said, no. Oh, oh, so, no so it wasn't, so that kind of fire, Mm. not being able to do something was was in me for a very 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 long time so mm. when i got to la um i actually went out there for music mm. but i i ended up working in a recording studio on the other side of the class in voiceover recording oh. the talent cool. and um and i was like i'm in la my roommate was an extras casting agent. He's like, dude, you should just, I can get you work. Cause I had no money. I was interning when I first got there. I wow. said, I, I need money. Mm -hmm. He said, let me get you in there. So, so it just kind of, and I started to see on these shows that I was on, I had no interest in being an actor at that point, but mm -hmm. it was only until I got to, you know, some of these sets, you know, like, I don't usually talk about that stuff because it was just so long ago, but you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually did extra work on that show, and you know, uh, you know, would go in, and and some of the actors wouldn't show up on time. Wow. I'm like, well, I could do that. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can read lines. Oh, that's great. You know, Name can... names because Joss Whedon's in some hot water, but let's spill on some of the actors so we can get them. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was I was in L.A. for so long, for 23 years. So I saw many, many careers and many, many shows kind of come, go, come back. Right. Um, became friends with some of the people on those shows. Nice. Um, and, you know, it's like. I was just talking to my dad about the Firefly set. This is this is going off topic, but oh my no, that, you're not off topic. You're never off topic with a Firefly oh, okay. so story. Guys, I love Firefly. Okay, so when I was when I was like working my my real job as I was starting to you know as I was getting my acting career started and and planning and building my resume and doing plays and stuff like that, my my real job was working on a TV show. Mm -hmm. I was in post-production at one point and I was uh, working with the right uh, as a PA for the writers at one point um, came in just after Adam Levine left. Wow. Which is totally weird. Right. That is cool. um, but uh, that's a whole other story. And on the 20th century Fox lot, they were building the set for this show called Firefly. Mm which was Joss Whedon's new, yep. you know, he was huge at the time with Buffy. And I, I don't know if Angel was out at that time, but um, um, I don't know. But, you know, Firefly, you know, so they built the set. It took months. They built the set on the stage. I went in there as they were wow. building the ship and, you know, like looking at the skeleton of the set. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and it came up 
after all this work, they shot the show and it, it was, you know, it was done. It took them longer to build the set than it did to shoot. Wow. And then it just, it was one season and that was, that was all she wrote. I know that was, that, it's cr crazy. Well, <clears throat> that was such a, a weird show because it was so ahead of its time. You mm. know what I mean? Like it was, epi you know, it was an hour long show. It was kind of comedy drama, yeah. you know, but also adventure and stuff. Um, and then it was, but it was on Fox. You know, I know they all... did everything. They did everything right. You know, it was like, a, it was our generation Star Trek or could yeah. have been. And I think it was probably just on the wrong network Absolutely. for the show. Yeah. And all the, all the, everybody that was on that show. I mean, Alan Tudyk, amazing. Yep. Uh, on uh, to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Nathan Fillion and, um, uh, holy hell. Um, I'm blanking on names. This happens every episode. We do this. Uh, I um, forget names too. So do you? Okay, great. True. Good. Yeah. Well, I'll edit it in post. But uh, a Nathan Fillion story who I never actually met, but so I see the show and you know, the sh he's a star of this show, mm -hmm. you know, and the critics, I think like the show. Yeah. Uh, and then the fans like the show, mm -hmm. but it was just on the wrong network and they just didn't support it. I think so. Anyway, right. after, after that, after that show, I was actually starting, I got a good agent and I was auditioning. I was working a little bit. Um, and one of the auditions I went into, I don't even remember what it was for, some TV show. Mm -hmm. As I was walking in, Nathan Fillion was walking out and he was basically like, he was not happy. Okay. He was not happy. Right. With, with I don't know what, but I, it was just like, you know, when you come out of a, you know, room, you're like, God damn, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was walking by, I was like, that's the guy from Firefly. And I'm pretty sure we were going in for the same part. Oh, shit. And, I, and I, it was a, the reason why I think I remembered it was because for two reasons. One was, was like, man, this guy, this guy's auditioning again. He just had his own show. And, you know, you think mm -hmm. you have your own show, you're set, you're done. Yeah. You know, your career is your, your, you know, the, the road to Oz is paved. Yeah. And he was, you know, back on the streets. And that's the reality of, of the business is that that's nine times out of 10 what happens. The second lesson that I learned though was after many, many years, this guy was ended up kicking major ass. Yeah. Didn't quit. And people liked him. And, you know, there was a place for him on television. Mm -hmm. you know multiple lead and multiple shows so i i was never met the guy i don't know him but i remembered that moment and i always thought wow look at that but then also more maybe even more so it was like this guy kept going yeah and you know you have to be really really tough to to face that kind of um you know rejection on a on a daily weekly basis for years and years and years it does wear on you yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. And that's the thing that people don't see on the outside either. Like yeah. on every level of it, even when people slightly know you and they don't like, I feel like when you're, when you're starting out and you're doing okay, but people on the outside don't think you're doing enough. Like if you're not on at a certain, what their level of success is, they're like, he's not trying hard enough. Why didn't they, yeah. you know what I mean? And they don't see the constant shit you're battling through it. And then on the flip side, I had a friend who was in a movie with um, Tom Hanks. Uh -huh. and they it was in between scenes and they were just kind of, you know, chatting a little bit. And he had asked 
um, he was like, you know, what do you got coming up or what are you, what are you thinking about? Whatever. And Tom was like, Oh, I'm just thinking about the next gig. Oh, and he was yeah. like, really? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and Tom, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Tom Hanks was like, yeah. And he's like, this is, this wraps in a couple days. And you know, he goes, you never stop. Like you never stop thinking about what, what's next. And that blew me away. Yeah. 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 But it's you're very right. different. That's another thing I found out. So it's very different than, than what you think it is mm -hmm. very in fact from the music perspective when i got out there i mean i grew up on bands like you know as far as the la strip bands like poison yeah. i was never a huge guns and roses fan but you know yeah. la guns pretty boy floyd um you know all these warrant uh, and warrant. bands like and bands like that you know yeah. so when i went i was like i'm going to la where all my where all my bands are nice you know like it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And that was way <laughs> at that time, but those guys were still there. Nice. And it wasn't yeah. until maybe, you know, 10 years after that, that a resurgence actually came. But again, being able to see like the reality, you know, these are guys that, that you, you always saw them on magazines, you yeah. know, metal edge and circus. And they had posters. You go like this and it's like, you know, like, you know, Sebastian Bach. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who I got to work with, which was awesome, by the oh, way. Oh, he seems like the um, coolest. But man, yeah, just like having that whole, like, you know, I always always explain it. If you watch the movie, The Wizard of Oz, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to this place where you think it's going to be this thing. And if you're lucky, you find some friends to go along the road with you. And they all have these insecurities and think that they don't have what they actually already have. Right. And always did. And then you get to Oz and it's this like guy who's, you know, he's really just like some short dude with a, you know, a wacky mustache and, and he's like, you know, sh short and who's just using technology to fool you oh yeah it, <laughs> it's crazy how much of most of this shit is like, and that's the thing too it's, i feel like there's a there's a bunch of levels that you go through where you're like oh my god this is just smoke and mirrors and then you get to the next oh. level and you're like fuck this is more smoke and mirrors oh, and then yeah. you're like like it doesn't matter like each time you get to a certain point you're like oh my god i can see the framework the wiring this oh yeah this isn't built to code you know what i mean like the whole thing's weird it's the new level. Of, it's just the, the next level of it's the it's a yeah. hierarchy of smoke and mirrors, and you get ah. to the next level on the next one. But Absolutely. like you just said, even Tom Hanks, who I love, Tom Hanks. Yeah, you, know, you get a sense to see like these are real people. These are yep. these are people that you know, and in some ways are very much like you, and in other ways are very much not like you. Sure, and you know what's crazy too is like they are just people, but it's like there's only a handful I feel like that get to that point where. You know, you know, the story where you're you're like Prince and and uh, you ask for a camel at three o'clock in the morning and his people aren't like, no, they're like, fuck, now we got to get him a camel at 3 a.m. <laughs> where are we going to make? Yeah, again. Yeah, again <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how the hell are we going to make this happen? Like, there's only a handful of those people, you know, and everybody else yeah. is kind of just, uh, you know, putting the same yeah. pant leg on at the same time, you know. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, even the guys that. There was one actor who I won't mention his name, but mm -hmm. on the lot in the casting office of this show, the show which was successful, but it was a TV show. Mm -hmm. In the casting office, his headshot was there. I said, why is, why is his headshot there? He, he's being submitted for something, you know, guest star. They said, yeah. So that's so cool. When are you going to bring him in? They said, never. And wow. just 
a few steps away was a, it was a giant mural painting of a scene from an iconic movie that we all know. And he, he was right there, like huge on the side of the stage. I went, that's the guy, you're not gonna bring him in? Right. Nah, we don't want him on the show. Wow. Like, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, a couple days later, you know, seeing a casting session and there's Lee Majors sitting with, with a bunch of other dudes, you know, fighting for this guest star role. Yeah. Wait, that the fall guy in the $6 million man is trying to get this guest star <laughs> job. Right. I don't understand. This isn't how it's supposed to be, but it no. is. I know it is. It's yeah. really, really weird. And, uh, and you know, it's, I was listening to um, an interview with Ben Stiller and he was talking about how he passed on goodwill hunting. Wow. To direct it. Oh, wow. And, and, and it was based, it came down to what he described it as the mood he was in that day. Wow. And it's like, and, and that's the craziest thing too, because you don't like, I don't know about, I don't know how long it took you to shake this or maybe if you haven't shaken it at all, but <laughs> how most of this stuff, whether it's auditions or any kind of an interview thing, it's not always personal and it's hard to not take it personally. I find myself, um, I don't know that I take it personally anymore. I don't think, I don't think I take it personally because especially in voiceover, there's so many auditions when, when things are, you know, good, mm -hmm. there's a lot of auditions coming. You don't have really time to think, you know, and plus there's like in on-camera acting another, you know, spoiler mm. alert it's 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 not all you know rainbows and unicorns sure. there's a it's not just about how good you are mm. it's about well okay um how much of the game are you playing how much are you willing to play right how much you know how and i've never been good at that which is why um i've in way in many ways it's been a miracle that i've worked <laughs> you know in the stuff that i have because <laughs> I haven't been willing to do that. I understand um, completely. And so anyway, I think what I've realized is something called uh, audition hangover. Ooh. What that is, is that after a couple, maybe, you know, a day or even two or however many, it's like there's this thing that happens for me where I just feel like I'm hungover energetically. It's not a yep. good feeling. And I, and I, and I, I'm doing a lot less of that now because I'm not really, you know, I'm in a different place. My focus is uh, is more on music now. Nice. So it's, you know, it's different. It's a lot different. But that's part of I think what comes from, you know, putting yourself in the ring in the arena, is with auditions is that you have to you have to keep going. You have to keep going and doing that. You have. I mean, if you don't, you have to have a really really good team if you want to be successful. Oh my God, the team thing, man. Yeah. It's so crazy. We're touching on so much stuff I want to ask you about now too, uh, yeah. before I get into the team stuff. Sure. Um, the, uh, oh, dude, and I want to talk to you guys about Dale Bozio. Oh my God. Oh, oh yeah. my God. She was so awesome. She, oh it's her birthday God. today. How, you know, this is the thing about Dale Bozio, mm -hmm. which I don't understand why people aren't talking about this, or maybe they are and I'm just not hearing about it. Uh -huh. But you know, they always make these comparisons, Lady Gaga and Madonna and how she, and yes, they're there. Mm -hmm. But dude, Lady Gaga has lifted from Dale Bozio more than she has from Madonna. Absolutely. Musically, 
Speaking, maybe it's not as obvious, but performance-wise, absolutely, and style-wise, yes, image-wise, nice. oh my God. Right? I know. It is it is crazy. We brought that up a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, you can't unsee that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you see how she dresses, you see all the stuff that she had done, and you're like, how long ago was this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, it's insane. Yeah, no, they don't bring it up enough. I mean, um, it's crazy. And she's, a tr I mean, I never, I, you know, speaking of voiceover, never heard her speak. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, she sounds like my mom. I, she's from Massachusetts. Yeah. She's from Boston area. I love, like, I, I didn't know what to expect either. Cause I'd never, you know, I've been a fan of missing persons forever. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and I just, but I didn't know what to expect either. And yeah. I was talking to her son over the phone and, she, and he was like, trust me, you're gonna have a blast. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Great. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And Max was saying interview. the same thing too. Great job too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It, she was so much fun. I mean, just, just an absolute blast to talk to. Um, but the, she really, the yeah. created, she really created something. Yeah. And I don't think she gets enough credit. Sadly. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. the, the thing that I was going to say, so like music wise, like, do yeah. you, I don't know if it happens that much because comedians get, you know, I mean, for a while there, for at least like five years, I think it was just something that the media was covering, but about lifting material. You know what I mean? That was like a whole thing. It was like a Dane Cook kind of like. Stuff. Oh, yeah. But like it's I, it's got to be harder in music because like no, like every song can be titled almost the same thing, which I don't understand, yeah. which is fine. I feel like I, I always wonder, I feel like for people who are listening to it, it's not a big deal. I always wonder if personally you're like, fuck, man, I had a song called that and now this band's got the same song. Can you even do that? You know? Um, yeah. and then the other stuff too, is like, you know, um, basically like musical interludes notes. Like I know, um, Oh my God, the Verve pipe got sued by, um, Oh my God, blanket on the bigger, the, you know, what was it? The stones or something like that. Oh really? No, 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 no. I'm wrong. Aerosmith. Aerosmith sued the Verve pipe. Yes, because, um, but not personally them. I think they're the label. Or sure, they're I'm getting them. I'm getting them mixed up. I wish somebody. Okay, would. but some, I don't some know big band sued. Yeah, the sued them for Bittersweet Symphony because they said in the wow. beginning that that part there's a beginning part of it that was done in the '70s and it it was like their musical interlude to a song and I can't remember what it is because I'm blanking on everything. Uh, but I, yeah, I and I was like, oh, how often does that happen? And does anybody care? I think personally, well, for comedy, I think it's worse because yeah like if you go to a show and some some comedian is there he goes oh that's good i like that yeah he writes it or yeah. she writes it and they lift it that's stealing just that's stealing right yes there. absolutely um and you don't really get the kind of osmosis i don't think in comedy that you get in music so for a comedy writer to steal another cop comedian's work, I think is more intentional, which makes it worse because it's already right. a cutthroat business and it's a cutthroat kind of thing. Um, and if you can't trust, you know, your fellow comedians, that's, you know, that sucks. Cause then yeah. you're like out there doing your thing and you're putting your heart and your soul into it. You're writing, you're creating this new thing. Yep. I think it would sting more as a comedian, as a musician, I think at this point in time, I think it's laughable to sue another songwriter mm -hmm. because what happens in music is that first of all, there are only so many notes. Yeah. yeah. And in Western music, there are only so many chords that really, and in pop music, it keeps getting, it's like, 
Western music, pop music, it keeps getting smaller. And it's like all like a lot of the songs now are getting so simple. Yeah. That, you know, you're looking at three chords. Right. You know, you're looking at the same beats. You're looking right. at the same phrasing. You're looking at, so, and I think that I know for me, um, I have moments where, where I, I, I write something. And by the way, it doesn't come from me. Just like mm. it didn't come from the verb pipe, just like it didn't come from Aerosmith, just like it didn't come from the Beatles. It comes through. Right. You're a, like a channel. It come, you're, you're the instrument. Mm -hmm. And it comes through from wherever, um, you know, call it God, spirit, source, the universe, you know, the Ewoks, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And it comes through. Pretty cool. And, <laughs> and so you're kind of doing your version. It's the same thing with the inventions. If you ever notice someone will come out with an invention mm -hmm. and someone will go, I invented that. And there will also be multiple versions of that product on available because yeah. we get this information and someone will produce it. Um, and let's in this case, we'll say musician and it happens and other people are getting the same information and they're doing their thing. So right. anyway, it's a long, winded answer, but I think it's an important question. So I'll finish it by saying this. There's only so much you can do in music. And I think like, like little Steven said in your interview that you did with him, he said something like, you know, at one point it was original, but at, at, at a point in the sixties, you became versions of different things into one, right? You know, yeah. you became different, different things started to conglomerate into the Rolling Stones or into Led Zeppelin or into whatever. And so we became, we have become all of our influences, you know, in, into what we do. So, yeah. you know, I mean, dude, I, I hear Paul Stanley and I'm, I'm a big kiss. I love kiss, you know, um, their music and the image right. and all, but you hear Paul Stanley and even talking about, yeah, this, this song, I remember listening to this and I wanted to, and I did this a part of this song. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're like cobbling, but that's what we do. We yeah, do yeah. what we love. We do yeah. our versions of things. Right. Right. And it gets so confusing too. Cause you see in the news, like, I mean, um, I, I think it was, um, Oh my God, I'm doing it again. But Olivia Rodrigo had a song that came out. It was relatively popular or whatever. And then all of a sudden she had to give writing credits to, um, I, I cannot think of the other one to, now. This is going to drive me crazy, but well, you ponder that it was yeah, Alan yeah. Klein and uh, the Rolling Stones manager. Who's I was the, the stones. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. He sued he the verb pipe. Yeah. He sued the verb pipe. Not wow. the, like, I think this, like the guys, they didn't really care. I think they had interviewed them once and they were like, we don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, you know, but it's all these behind the scenes people that are kind of like, you know, doing that stuff too. But the uh, same thing, Olivia Rodrigo had a song. Um, I think it's good for you or whatever. And then they said, Oh, it sounded like, um, a song from Paramore. And so she oh. had to give writing credits to Paramore on that song. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Which is, I feel like it's either, you know, it just fascinates me because I'm not even that I think the songs are that great individually either or whatever it is. They're definitely there, but like, you know, she doesn't seem to care either. Cause it just seems like a money thing. And like, uh, whoever the companies are more than the individual artists, you know? Well, when you're an artist like Olivia Rodrigo, you have a machine. Yeah. Like Taylor Swift or, right. you know, Dua Lipa or any of these artists that are big now. 
they have mm. machines behind them. Right. They're yeah. machines. They, they there's you know PR and there's management and there's all these different you know merchandising and there's all these teams. So I don't. I think that's part of the danger of being an artist in that position, especially when you're young mm-hmm. and not if you're not business savvy because you don't really yeah. know what's going on. And it's like, well, they have to take care of that. Right. I agree. Hopefully they do. <laughs> and that goes back to what you were saying about teams before too. And you don't realize how many people, cause like it can be probably when you're younger, you know, a hindrance when you have so many people surrounding you and you're trying to create stuff for the first time. But also if you don't have anybody like, you know, people always assume it's their fault that their stuff's not getting out there. And it's like, no, what you don't realize is like, there's, you know, this person basically has this team around them. So like when they do an interview, you know, his, their that person's team is already like cutting up quotes and then sending it out. It's like it's not that people are just stumbling upon stuff. It's like oh, there's an organization yeah. behind it. People oh, yeah. don't know that. They think like, oh man, I'm I'm not I'm not saying the right thing or working hard enough because my stuff's not getting out. And it's like you just don't have the money to shell out for you know really good PR. Yeah, <laughs> Max <exactly>. and team, Michael. <laughs> and I think that's one of those. It's not. It's not a. I don't know if it's a secret. I don't think they're keeping it from people necessarily, but it's something you don't realize until you're in the trenches of it and, you know, spend time kind of in the presence of people that are doing that. And you go, oh, yeah, wow, there's uh, something going on here. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I For the life of me, I mean, I kind of get it now, but I, and I say this slightly in jest, but I do not know what the fuck PR does. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, I do, and I, I understand in a in a pinch what it means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I understand I understand what they technically do, yeah. but I've worked with a couple different PR people before, you know, as you have to do in, the, in, in what we do and whatever. And <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I get done or you get done spending the money and you're also just kind of like, okay, what did you do that? I? What did you do? Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm like, what, what did I just fucking pay for? And where did it go? And yeah. you know, and sometimes they like, I think it's hilarious. Cause when I was first starting out and, and PR people were approaching me, it seemed like they were like, Hey, give us money for the effort. And I'd be like, yeah, or not, you know, <laughs> or, or like how, isn't it crazy that like you give money first and then they, they're like, we're going to try. Yeah. But if we don't do what we say we're gonna do, it's like oh, we're gonna we'll... we're gonna tell you what we're gonna try to do, right? And hope that <laughs> we accomplish the goals you want us to accomplish. And you just have to trust that we're actually gonna do something, even though we're probably not. Exactly, and it's such it's insane to me. I mean, they throw out numbers sometimes. I remember before I was I was verified on like social media and stuff. I had people approach me going like, "We can get you." Uh, the blue chat, like literally like old guy at a street corner with his yeah. like, jacket open. <laughs> Would you like one of these verified, you know, but, but they were like, yeah, like you really need that. This is like back in the day when like, that was also yeah. like high stakes, you know, fucking Jenga. Um, and they would be like, yeah, if you can get us, we can get you that. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Like an idiot. And I was like, oh, what do I need to do? And they're like, well, it's three grand. And then if, and I'd be like, uh, I'll get it. My, I'll get it one day. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, like, and that's the thing that most people don't realize that, there is all that stuff happening yep. with your, you know, these people that have these huge followings. Like, right. why is it that they, oh, it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. It used to bug me when I would do, when I would go to comedy clubs in these places or whatever. Because the other, the other thing is, too, is I kind of understand. I try as as uh, little as possible to understand where business owners are coming from. Because I do uh-huh. like, so I re- you'll very rarely hear me say, I understand. But like. 
I understand they're like trying to quantify something and they don't know how, right? So they're grasping at whatever they can instead of just looking at the talent, which should be enough. Can that's, you? That's can, just a fantasy, though. I totally, you're one hundred percent right. It's but it'd be weird because I'd go. To, I don't know if it's the same for musicians too, but I would go to these places where they'd be like, "Okay, so you want to do this club? That's great. Uh, what's your follower count?" And I would be yeah. like, "Yeah, but they're not all in Boise, you know what I mean?" So I don't yeah. know, what, like, what difference does it make? But they really just. For them to yeah. process it, they need to know. Yeah, that's like, well, wait, but I'm really funny. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. I'm really talented. No, we right. don't really care. We just want to see what the numbers look like. And I think that's part of the reality is that, I mean, gosh, there's so many talented people out there that you'll never yes. hear about. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's insane too. Um, um, I wanted to ask you though, you were, cause you were going back. I'm surprised I'm remembering everything. You normally I'm fucking ADD and I'm really excited <laughs> about going back, but it's great. So like, um, you were talking about the audition process and everything. And when you were doing voiceover stuff, and I know you still do it too, but like, do you prefer the physicality of it? Cause I know with COVID I couldn't be in the room to even do audition stuff. Right. So like, I can't imagine what it was like for voice actors to try to do that kind of stuff and have to just send in audio. Do you rely right. more on like, Here's my voice. And also this is how I'm going to, maybe you can draw the character off my actions or do you strictly prefer like just your voice being heard? Well, I kind of came at a time where the things were shifting anyway. So hmm. I was doing a lot of auditioning from home anyway. Oh, okay. There would be uh, in-person auditions, which I always preferred just because I love going into, uh, I mean, I'm a hermit at heart. So that would get me out to, you know, yeah. to see people doing something I love and meeting new people. And I always enjoyed uh, that part of, part of it. So when COVID came around, yeah, not being able to record the job was the thing that, that I missed the most. It wasn't the auditioning as much, although I did miss that, mm -hmm. but it was the job because then you're, you know, you're recording from home yeah. and that was not, I, I don't really like that as much. Right. Near, not even close as much as I like to being. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. Now, I was recording a show during that time when, you know, protocols were in place and the studios right. had kind of, um, you know, their their rules were in place. So, yes, I was still going into the studio, actually, at that point, doing the show, which I was lucky. That show's called Groners. And oh, um, nice. I don't know if it's out yet completely but uh we finished it so nice. you never know <laughs> i think it's on, it's on your imdb so it's some it's coming out i think eventually cool. yeah cool i, I do my, I do my homework um <laughs> yeah. um and i you know what else is cool too i know i gotta i do guess get a geek out for a second you did a voice for voltron actually for voltron i was on the other side of the glass actually no way so so voltron came out their reboot was came out in I think 1999. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually I recorded most of the episodes of Voltron, not as a voice actor, but behind the glass. Wow. Yeah. So that oh, was cool. That's awesome. That was very cool. Yeah. Did you yeah. like was that a was that the, the first time you had switched that those roles? Um, so I started in ninety-nine. I started my first job, real job, was working at Salami Studios, which is where all the big cartoons were produced at the time and, and still are. Yeah. Actually, after all this time. So at that time it was Men in Black, 
Voltron, Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. did one of the first CGI series. It may have been the first CGI series. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, Scooby-Doo, Alvin and the Chipmunks recorded that on analog tape, which was fun. Oh, wow. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, the Christmas Lamb, which was something you probably not heard of, but yeah. I think they may have changed that to they changed that to something else. But recorded Mark Hamill there, got to meet him and work with him at that oh, time. Oh, that's so cool. He was de- he's definitely my he's definitely my favorite voice actor. Talent, such a talented guy and nice beyond belief. Yeah, I, I I've had a class. few people who so met him good. and I heard he's amazingly nice. Yeah. Best Joker I think I've ever oh, yeah. heard of all time. He was actually in a Rock Sugar video. Really? Yeah. He was in a Rock Sugar video. He made a cam- uh, he made a cameo in that with Weird Al Yankovic was in it. Oh my god. Um That's cool. a bunch of really cool people were in it. That's so awesome. Yeah, so man. check it out. It's on YouTube. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you guys stay friends like close after that? Um, no, I, I, I'm not. Our singer is Jess, you know, who's, who we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a wacko on the Animaniacs Animaniac and a good buddy of mine. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's tight with Mark, but no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, but he, we just, you know, worked together and met him a few mm-hmm. times and just such a sweet guy, really cool guy and amazingly he's, talented too. So. Awesome. Is there, so you've done, I know you've done some video game acting, uh, yeah. you know, voiceover and stuff too. Is there a, di- a huge difference between animation like doing the tv stuff and then doing for a video game other than maybe like a deadline i guess i wouldn't say a huge difference but you know there's all different kinds of types of animation now so between the video games the difference between the video games and well unless you're doing something maybe like one of the bigger final fantasy or something that's like a more of a long form mini day recording Mm -hmm. um you know, you're going in for a day, you're recording your stuff, or you're going in for a day and then you're coming back, you know, a couple weeks or maybe more like months later. Um, like with Final Fantasy, um, War of the Visions, that was, you know, you go in, it's just, it was just me. Yeah. And you do all your lines solo. And then later on, if they have stuff, you'll come back. So I came back, I don't know how many sessions there were in total, but, you know, for a show, like let's say um i mean any any show where there's a cast it's quite it is quite different because you're doing multiple episodes and right. at least before covid you were with the cast you know mm-hmm. it's a group of people i never got sure. a chance to um do that which was always a dream of mine but i never was able to to you know to crack that nut oh man yeah but so yeah it's different i mean as far as the acting is concerned Maybe, you know, when you're talking about anime or you're talking about video games, a style of video game, depending on what kind of style you're, you know, you're in, if it's more realistic. Right. More, I I tend to play these characters. They hire me for these more, what they like to call flamboyant characters. (laughs) So like Wallace and Pokemon or Count Nightfell. Yeah. You know, they're more extravagant they're more flamboyant they're more fun to play i would say because your characters are like they stand out when you when i know it's way more fun for me which is why when i audition i'm like how can i make this fun you know for me and um i i notice that a lot of times when there's not you know all i I know they're not going to hire that Mm -hmm. but i'll do it anyway and because they're like oh we want something real we want something you know, like this prototype. It just came in today. I did an audition today for 
for a video game and the prototype was oh, I'm trying to think of the actor it doesn't really matter just a very like normal dude right right you know very normal dude like to me that's very boring yeah and maybe they'll direct me that way when i get to the session which is mm -hmm. cool that's fine but sure. for the audition like you know what i'm gonna have some fun with this because nine times out of ten you know you're not gonna get the job anyway <laughs> so right right so you might, might as, as well, well have fun yeah i completely agree that was one of the hardest things I had to learn in the beginning was like, you know, don't go into an audition with what you think they think they're going to want. Just fucking do your thing. And if you're having fun, that's when I got callbacks. Exactly. When I finally let the guard down, I was just like, if I can make the director or the guy laugh behind the table, then yeah. I don't even care about anything else. Yeah. And especially yeah. as a comedian, you know, yeah, to really like have fun with it and to use your comedy skills. I, I constantly, I'm not a comedian, but I constantly use like my improv skills and my yeah. comedy sensibility and maybe probably too much <laughs> because I find humor in most everything, but right, um, right. at least it's fun. <laughs> yeah, know? absolutely. Um, I wanted to touch on, um, you were talking earlier about no, you got some new stuff. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> Take the jacket. No, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no, we will not talk about. <laughs> I don't even know what you're gonna say. Uh, yeah, so Jack Nicholson. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> out of the blue, <laughs> I would be amazed. Imagine if you were like, actually, uh, <laughs> here's he the was thing. never never someone I saw in person. Although that would have been cool. I, I hope Jack he's Nicholson's okay. Work. Yeah, we wish him well. Laker game, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but I wanted to touch on uh, the new stuff you got coming out, the project you're talking about, Healing Rock. Um, oh, yeah. The new songs and music you got coming out. Yeah, so um, I basically – I'm trying to think of where to start. I don't know how much time we have. And I don't oh, know. no, we got – you're good. A little bit of time. Yeah, of course. So, you know, as a musician, I do everything. I'm a one-man band, sing, mm -hmm. play guitar, bass, drums. I do everything, write the songs. It's too much, but still that's <laughs> kind of how it's always been done. Right. Other than in Rock Sugar, where I just play bass and sing, mm. um, this is my own project, and uh, just called Michael, and it's basically rock pop music, but with healing elements. Mm -hmm. um, you know how I got to that was, I did some some work um, that I don't really talk about, but I think is important to talk about now, just because it just relates to how I came about wanting to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, I, I started a songwriting program for kids in hospice. And what we wow. did was we created song, we wrote songs together, kids that had never written songs before. None of them, none of them thought they could do it. Like, I don't, I've never written a song. Like, no, you're gonna write a song, it's gonna be awesome. Right. And it was. And I would take the song when we wrote it, I would take it back to my studio, produce it, record it, so that they would have it of course, their family would have it as a tribute, you know, and a way to remember them. Hmm. So I did that for Providence Trinity Care Hospice in Los Angeles when I was there. Right. And uh, my father lost his wife a few years ago, and I wrote a song for him, recorded that. And I don't know how you guys feel about, like, healing and energy work, but, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic about that stuff, even though I know it's real because I, you know, have experienced it. But I went when I got here after I left LA. I was like, man, I need to detox seriously. The right. 23 years of energy that I accumulated over there. Right. I went to a Reiki healer. She was awesome. Mm -hmm. Came back a few days later, had this, uh, I'll just call it a, a lucid dream. Woke up and I said, I need to write kind of what I did with the hospice kids in a way and with my dad 
is writing rock songs, healing songs for people that are struggling. Nice. You know, and everyone struggles, especially with this time that we've gone through. Mm -hmm. So I've got songs um, inside of the songs. It's not just the intention of the songs for healing for the listener, but there are a couple of elements in there. There's uh, throat singing. It's like, you know, this really deep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like it's very powerful stuff. Um, there's, uh, I put, uh, you're going to laugh. And just thinking about it makes me smile, which is why I put it in there. The Glockenspiel. Oh, no way. That's great. Dude, you cannot listen to a Glockenspiel and not smile. <laughs> you can't even talk about a Glockenspiel and not yeah. smile. Can't even say the word. Just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. And so I put, there's elements of that in it. And, and there are tuning forks in there. There's tuning fork for love, the, mm. the vibration of love, and also uh, ohm, which is like the universal baseline yeah, sound, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, some believe it's the originating sound of creation. Right. So it's like getting back to the source, whatever you might call it for you. So all that stuff, you can't necessarily hear those elements. They're buried a little bit in the mix, but they're there. Nice. So what I'm doing is I'm going to, I have actually created uh, the music. It's almost, it's day, literally days away from being completed. It's all been recorded and mixed. It's just I'm fine tuning uh, the mixing and the mastering right now. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be out soon. And what's cool about it is that if you're like, you know, I'm not, I like the songs. They're really cool. I don't want the healing elements in it though there. I just want to hear it without there's version. There's a version of that. Wow. Without it. There's a version without the vocals. There's a version, there's a acoustic versions of certain songs. Hmm. So it's like there's multiple versions that you're gonna get at one time. It's not gonna be available on iTunes. It's not gonna be on, you know, the big um, machine, uh, you know, it's not gonna be on Spotify as right. of right now. It's only gonna be available on my website. That's really cool. And yeah. both versions. How many versions? No, both versions, I mean, like, are going to be all on the your... Versions, yeah. Oh, all the versions, yeah. Nice. They're going to be your... And in fact, you're not going to... You're. It's a, It's a, It's a. just going to be a package. So you're going to, you know, it's going to be a package. You're not going to be like, I want this one for, you know, a dollar yeah. and that one. No, it's just going to be a package. That's awesome. You know, be a great experiment, though, is to find out, is to have somebody listen to the healing, like, do a, do a test focus group. I Don't tell I them could. which is I which. Oh, man, that I would be... Because it's crazy that, that like, I like that you were, because when you said, you know, um, it was like healing rock, I was thinking about the tuning forks um, ah. because I swear to God, man, I don't know if it's just, you know, uh, serendipitous or what, but <clears> every time I've been scrolling through, you know, either the internet, TikTok or whatever, I keep seeing these, these, ah. um, these posts or these videos about people messing around with tuning forks and what the sound means and you know, like all this other stuff. And there's another one too. There's this place that does the same, it's like a natural tuning fork. And again, I wish I wasn't blanking on, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me lately. There's a lot of energy centers, right? Well, I was going to say, yeah, there's like a, there's a rock, there's this, um, basically like a tuning fork, natural rock formation thing that people. Pennsylvania. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. That's what it is. I was where, like, where in the hell? Do you know? Do you know yeah, where? They, I'll give you the <clears> exact <throat> location. What it is is that you could hit the rocks, and they're yeah. supposed to be like a drum that each rock will have a different sound. Yeah. I'll grab it's, it for you. It's pretty crazy. Wow. And people have, like, you know, gone there and, and had, like, the same kind of feeling experience. But yeah, I've been reading about that kind of stuff lately because it just seems interesting to me. And it is 
very like i i love listening to i have music that i listen to for certain reasons like i can't i don't sleep well uh, ever so like but uh, there's if i'm having a real hard time i have like a few songs that i'm like all right i'm playing these five i'm putting them on a loop and man it just relaxes me makes me feel good i don't even like have like less shitty dreams you know what i mean like like it'll totally change the mood i'm like having so it's interesting yeah like it, it can it absolutely it absolutely can yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say it's ringing rocks county park that's it's what it's over black eddie pennsylvania in, in bucks county in bucks county that yeah. i did i spent a little bit of time there Right, which I'm you should only spend it. a little bit of time there, <laughs> unless you're going to that place. It's so weird that like Pennsylvania is, you know, it's Pennsylvania. We shit on Pennsylvania a lot here, um, but, <laughs> but but the thing is, is like there are cool places like that within it. So you're like, nah, I gotta go to Pennsylvania. You know, Pennsylvania is the most haunted. Uh, I know state in the country. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, I yeah. love I love that stuff. Like 100. Oh, yeah. Like I don't oh, always. Man. I don't be, like I I'm skeptical about it, but I really want like I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing a ghost. I would fucking You've seen love, a ghost. We've had I have story. seen a ghost. Yeah, we've talked <laughs> I know. We've talked about it. I've told the story a million times. I saw a ghost once and then <sighs> but I didn't know it was at the time and then my friend told me later like it was this thing. Is it I hate I won't I'll whatever. So I'll tell you what happened. I was it bad a repeat person or was it like you see us right now? No, no, no. It was like I see I see you guys. Wow. I was driving down the parkway. It was like really late. I was coming back from the uh, New York. Uh, see, I said New York and not the city because we're not, nobody uh, lives in the city. I've been trying to do that because I'll be like, the city. And people are like, we're in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Um, so I, I, okay, great. I yeah. So I'm coming back from, from New York or whatever. And I'm driving on the parkway and it's like 2 30, close to three o'clock in the morning. And um, I see this woman in a nightgown wow. on the shoulder of the parkway. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I'm annoyed because I'm like, now this is my problem because there's nobody uh, here but yeah. me. So I'm like, fuck. And I like, I was doing like 80. So like I flew past her and then I just called 911. And I was like, hey, wow. heads up. Like, I didn't see a car accident, but I know there's like the woods on that side. So maybe she's like somebody in distress. I don't know what it is. So they're like, okay. And they always sound annoyed, by the way. 911 never sounds like, thank you. They're always like, Okay. <laughs> I had another one who saw the ghost again on 95. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I get to, uh, at the time I was, I was working part-time at a library. Exciting. Um, and uh, my buddy, I told my buddy it was going on and I was just annoyed. I was like, you know, it's so shitty that they don't call you back to tell you if whatever you reported, you know, worked out or they found somebody or like the thank you. So then he's like, why, what's up? And I tell him and he's That's like, a comedy bit, by the way, right there. Thank yeah, it could it could very well be. I've never used it before on stage, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so um so he's so he's like, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm like it really happened. And he goes and grabs a weird New Jersey book. And I'm from East Coast, you know what weird New Jersey is, right? Those guys. And it's in the book. There's a woman uh -huh. that got murdered on the same and every mm. night at 3 a.m., which is like the you know, she she runs and asks for help. Wow. It's the only time, only time I've ever done it. And I'm always like, why didn't I pull over? Um, <laughs> but right. yeah. How crazy is that? That was the only thing. But I love haunted stuff, man. My friends and I go to the Poconos every summer and, uh, you know, we're always, I'm always reading, they, uh, much to their detest, but I'm always like, hey guys, you want to know where Let's we are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, but I, I can love... tell you, man, that um, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I've, I've had ghost experiences, many, many, many of them. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that, I mean, ghosts, 
I've seen lots of, you know, if you want to go like the spaceship route, we can talk about that. Oh man. Lots of crafts in my Let's life. Let's go. And, and mostly <laughs> in broad, in broad daylight. Oh, wow. So, I mean, yeah, that whole, that whole world, I have a lot, I definitely have a lot of stories from, from, from that side of my life, which I think, you know, we don't, we don't, it's in a certain group of people that talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have had experiences that you just don't talk about because it's not really what you're supposed to talk about. Oh yeah, totally. You yeah. know, but yeah, that stuff is very, very real. And yeah. in fact, you know, Max Wassa, who's my, my good buddy and mm -hmm. she, you know, does some of the music management for me who got me on the, you know, this show with you guys. Yeah. yeah. We love Max. She lived in a house in LA. I, the first time I went there, I parked my car and I didn't really see the house, but I was like, I had this, I just get this, these feelings sometime. And I went, I just, I'm getting that feeling. Mm -hmm. I walked to the, to the house as I was walking up, I went, this house is definitely haunted. I went inside and I said, I, I told her, I said, there's two people in this house, just so you know. Ooh. And um, anyway, there are other stories around that, but the one I'm going to share with you is, the first time we were sitting in her kitchen, kitchen nook, I'm looking at her and her back is basically, you know, there's the sink and the, the whatever, the uh, a window. Mm -hmm. Behind me are cabinets, just a bunch of cabinets, you know, all closed, but just a bunch of cabinets, probably about, you know, this much space where the wall is. Right. We're talking, just, you know, having a conversation. I hear this energetic sound, like it's just like, like right. that. And I was like, wow, that was weird in, in my head. I said, well, that was weird. She, I look at her and her face is white. I said, what's wrong? She said, look behind you. The cabinet that was completely closed was completely now open. Holy shit. That happened to me at least twice, maybe three times again, just like that. Wow. Uh, in different times when I went to that house. Oh my God. What, what am I? Oh, good. Oh, no, I was going to say, I do believe certain people are oh, like more receptive of mm -hmm. the energies than others, yes. right? And yeah. I feel like if you're one of those individuals that it like, it would try to find you more. Yeah. Right? That's an, actually a really interesting point because one of the things that I said to her, as, as I said, um, you know, part of another part side of me is a very, very intuitive ever since I was a little kid have, you know, gotten information and one of the things that came through was I said, there's a, there's a boy here. And she said, one of the, the family that owns the house, their son was, you know, their young son had passed away. Wow. And I start, when I left the house, basically he followed me back to my place. So I would go, you know, my, actually my voiceover booth, which is funny just because we're talking about voiceover, was a cabinet I re, re you know, configured and, you know, I had doors and we just closed it, you know, closed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would go, you know, to the sink, to the bathroom, to the other room, I'd come back and the door was wide open. And then I started being visited by him in my dreams. Oh my God. So yes, they do. And that's the danger of, of that is that when you're receptive to it, if you're someone who is for whatever reason, energetically, um, attracted or in tune with that, they can kind of follow you. And, yeah. you know, sometimes they're less 
harmful than others. And I've had times where they're a bit more malicious. Right. And that's no fun. Are you receptive to it though? Like, um, I don't go looking for it, Yeah. but what happens for me is that the kinds of people that are attracted to me are the ones that I would say are stuck. Mm. There's a place in between. Wow. I didn't expect to be talking about this, but (laughs) (laughs) there's a place that's in between the, this world that we're experiencing the material world. And let's say the next world, some people might call it heaven. Um, There's a middle ground which I think is more kind of closer to what people call hell. There's not, you know, burning devils constantly or anything. It's more like, Hey, guess what? Um, you feel everything you feel now. You see everything you can see now, and but you can't talk to the people you love. Oof. You can see them. Yeah. But you can't talk to them. And I think especially when there's a traumatic event for someone that dies in a traumatic way, in an unexpected in a sudden way, you know, it's like a, bam and you're out of your body and especially with kids you know it's like what you know people don't know what's happening so they kind of get i think stuck and the ones that find me know that i can help them get to the next place Mm. if i know like ah you're stuck you're but you don't know what to do and no one's come to help you yet i'm going to call upon those angels that can help you and you're on to the next thing. One of my closest friends, you would, you would uh, love her, but I've, I've known her since I was uh God, I think at like in her middle school or whatever. She has some of, her name is Desiree Hartman. She is some of the most, she's one of those people. Huh. She, they find her, whatever the stories are. I mean, she's just one of those people who has had so many experiences yeah. They're bone. Some of them are bone chilling yeah. that they like you will recant them. And you're just like, holy, no wonder why, you know, like, no wonder why you can't sleep, you know, or uh-huh. whatever is going on. But she has like, she just, she just sees, she's one of those people who can feel like you say, like you walk into a room and you're like, oh my God, she knows completely. She's had these experiences before she said, um, you know, um, I guess a bit more on the malicious side or whatever, but she'll wake up feeling like something sitting on her chest you know, uh-huh. or, or whatever it is. And it's, they're hard to explain or they have zero explanation or whatever it is. I feel like we should get, I, I kept thinking about, it, we should get her on. You can totally welcome to come back as well, because it's, she's yeah. got the, the, the most insane stories I've ever heard from literally from when we were kids, when I've known her yeah. to like now it's like, she's just accepted the fact that, you know, that's the tune that she's in. And, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just one of those things. It's, 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 it's not actually. And I, I, I'm glad you're sharing this with me because it's not. And I think that that's part of the reason why maybe we're talking about this because I don't usually talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, but it's just, you know, but it's important now. I think it's coming up for me a lot now because there are people out there like her that are experiencing these things. And there's two things specifically about that. When you have someone to feel like you're someone on your chest, there are two things. One, there is sleep paralysis, which happens in the middle stage as you're leaving your body every night in dreams. And people don't know this, but you leave your body every night, mm-hmm. every night, but you just don't remember. Until you remember or and or until you see yourself do it or feel yourself do it. And then you look at your body and go, oh, wow, that's me. But it's not. Mm -hmm. 
anyway, so in the mid-stage, right before that happens, there's this feeling called, they call it sleep paralysis, where you think someone's there. Someone else is there. Hmm. And you can't move, and you feel like someone's holding you down. Yeah. And, and it's very scary because you can see your eyes aren't actually open, but in with, with your, they call it the third eye, mm-hmm. with your your yeah. your eye, your real eyes, you your eyes are actually closed, but you can see. That's what happens in a lucid dream or an out of body experience or astral travel is you actually see, but your eyes are closed. Yeah. Second thing, so it's either that or second thing is there are these demons. They mm. do exist. They do find people. Mostly, they find people that they know they can control or torment because either one those people don't know how to deal with them or two they're scared right and that's what they feed on so i mean the last kind of you know demonic experience i had was i was asleep and you know in the dream state it was completely black, but I heard this voice basically doing this chant. It was like, and this really nasty voice. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is that I know how to deal with that stuff. And how you deal with that is you just wait. And at some point, if you're calm, your eyes, your eyes will open. And I saw this thing right on the side of my bed this little, you know, demon thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm I'm almost, you keep doing your thing. Go ahead, go ahead, keep doing doing it. Cause I'm almost at a point where I know what I can do Mm -hmm. about you. And there's a point where when you're calm and your energy matches that, the vibration of that space that you're in, which is the astral plane, some call it, the dream space, you could call it, whatever. where you can now, you know, you're in that fully that space. And I just, I went and I grabbed the thing okay. and you know, it, you know, it, it went away and it never mm-hmm. came back. And that's what you have to do. You have to basically face your demons. It's like in life. Yeah. It's a good metaphor. You, yeah. you have to face your demons. And if you do nine times out of 10, the only reason they're coming after you is because they know they can either right. through fear or your lack of awareness. Right. So I think that, you know, and I'm happy to talk to your friend too, because that's how you deal with them. You actually, you, you guys would them. hit it off. Great. Like she's, <laughs> she's got, I'm, I, it's, it's so funny because like, she's one of the, I've, I've maybe a couple of friends who've seen some random stuff. Like we all, you know, uh, talk about some, some weird shit sometimes. Um, but she's the one I think of every time somebody's got stories like you and like basically has experiences like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god! Like, si- like since I met her, we we've talked about that kind of stuff, and she's always had, you know, really either like some are you know obviously innocent and like kind of fun, and some like literally will scare you to your core, well, and you're just like, holy shit! Yeah, man, that it's a, it's the it's the ones that are tormented, and it really takes a toll because as I sit here and I say these things with a straight face. If you never experienced that, yeah, you know, people that will will watch this are gonna go, oh my god, this guy's a trip. He's crazy. He's insane. <laughs> you know, imagining all these things. But it's like anything else. Once you experience something, like you know, you could say, 
to someone who doesn't believe in in God, let's say, um, or or let, let's just say, you know, I'm not Christian, but let's just like pick a popular one. Let's say Jesus. Mm-hmm. Someone comes at you and is like, dude, Jesus, whatever. I've never. But if this per, if a diff, if that same person later actually has an experience where let's say Jesus comes to them in a dream that is more real than you know they've ever, they're gonna believe. Oh sure. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Uh, so when you experience something like these kinds of things, it's not like you're making them up or imagining that them. I mean, any more than let's say life is an imaginative uh, experience. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you can't you can't really deny it. And for people like that who experience these things and are struggling, and there are a lot because they can't talk to people about them because they don't know anyone who's experiencing right. experience them. Well, I mean, they've done yeah. those experiments on like MK Ultra is a thing that I always like reading about online yeah. and stuff like that from back in the day. I mean, it's what Stranger Things is based on. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I find it so interesting too because my wife is very like she's an intuitive personality. Yeah. I. I'm not right, but I would love to have an experience, but yeah. I can't because it's just not built into me. But it will be walk- like we were walking through the Coliseum, and she's like, "Got really bad vibes here." She's like, "I don't oh, want to yeah. stay here long. I got to get out of here." And I'm like, "Why? What's wrong?" I'm like, "I've been dying to see this place. Like, it's a piece of history. It's a world wonder." She's yeah. Like, nope. Sorry. Feels like a lot of death here. I don't want to be here anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> but she didn't know like how much death occurred there. Right. But, like previous to, but it just her vibe will be totally different. And she's had. But she knows. Very- Oh shit. Yeah, because you know, like even if you're just even if you're just someone that understands energy, like you could be next to if you sit next to someone who's got some bad mojo, some bad juju, you can feel it. Even people that are even the people that aren't sensitive to it, you know. Versus if you're next to someone who's like so loving, you know the difference. But when it comes to people who have extra sensory, you know, um, perception. Perception, like we there are two types of people I call us absorbers or exploders. The absorbers are the ones that they, we feel everything. Cause it's all, we're like the, the receivers, mm-hmm. the exploders are the transmitters mm-hmm. and they're like the mostly extroverted people. They're always like, da, 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 which is kind of how I'm being right now. You know, it's yeah. always energy out energy. Right, out. right, right. Yeah. And I would say that with your wife, you know, to 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 be married to someone who's like that, for them to pick you as a partner says a lot about you. Because being sensitive, they have to be careful of who they're with. So it says a lot about your energy and, and being good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like I. You know what's funny? A lot of times, like especially like in the entertainment world, I find that the higher you get, a lot is based on energy. So people will ah. say that to you right away. Like, she's like. You have a great energy. I like your energy. You want to keep your energy. And it's like people are on a different intuitive scale on certain right. in certain circles. And yeah. it's I never got that because I had not operated on those levels, you know, until I got into like later, like, you know, in 20s, 30s. And then you start to engage with people where it's not just what you say. It's just how you the presence and how you feel, which is interesting yeah. to me. She, I'm never picking up on. I'm I'm rarely, although I listen, I'm rarely going off of what people say because I'm I've just since I was little, there's always what's underneath that I pick up on. That's what I'm listening to. Right. It's the energy that's being put out. And this yeah. is the thing that sucks about being in a relationship with me is that I see people. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, I yeah. see people. And a lot of times people 
they don't really want to be seen. Right. We yeah. don't want to, we don't want people to, you know, we yeah. don't want to be found out. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And you can see them physically pull back sometimes and somebody knows like, or gets them too well. And they're like, Oh fuck, I'm not doing this. And then they like recoil immediately and they don't want to be, you know, cause it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird feeling to have. Feel exposed, um, like totally exactly. naked. Yeah, yeah. But it is weird. I like the the vibe stuff or whatever because they'll, you know, it's it's one of those things that's like hard to explain. And I've I've you know uh, looked at different things. If you got ADD or ADHD or whatever, like you yeah. kind of have a, like a perception of the world where you look at it like a little like you're just hyper about everything. You can kind of pick people out. But the same thing like with the comedy. Sometimes even when I'm talking to people, like I can tell by the tone of somebody's voice you know, what, um, what emotional state they're in or like what or how, where they are confidence wise or how they need to be talked to. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. that's a weird thing. And I feel like, yeah. um, I don't ever mention it because there's no people either think you're just full of shit, you know, whatever. So you just, but I feel like it's interesting to operate in life that way. Like you're saying, like you read, you can read people really well. I so love you, that, man. And I think that, you know, um, part of like, you know, it's, I'm doing music, but I, I do so many different things. I actually created a course on how to to improve and develop your intuition. Because oh. one of my nicknames from this ex-girlfriend I had, who was not very nice, she was like, <laughs> oh, it's intuition. She used to laugh to her friends about it. Oh, she's like, God. yeah, but you know, when you uh, have a like a 95% ratio, uh, percentage rate of being right, I'm gonna take this and use it and actually yeah. teach people how yeah. to develop it within themselves because you're right you can use that in anything. And, and I think the more intuitive or the more you use those abilities in your work and in your life, the better things are because you can pick up like, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. hey, I can see this person's like, where they are with their, with their comedy, where they are with their act, with their confidence, with mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And you, you can see what not everyone can see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating sometimes, especially when you know something's up, but you have to do not necessarily the wrong thing. Wrong is probably a stronger word, but you know, where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go against my, my, uh, don't like, go against it. I mean, I know because that's what we do, but I, yeah, it, it is. It is one of those things where you're like, all right, I'll go whatever. And then when you find out you're right, you're like, well, I, you know, what's even more frustrating is when no one admits it, when they're never like, you know what, dude, you're right. Like, just say that. Oh, they, and they, that. dude, this is the thing I tell people all the time. First of all, people rarely will listen to you. They will mm -hmm. rarely take your advice, which is okay, as I've learned, yeah. because everyone has their own life path. Mm -hmm. And they have to they have to choose themselves. We have to choose ourselves. But yeah, 90, 99% of people won't listen. 99% of people will not acknowledge when you tell them something. They're like, oh, I don't even remember you said that. No, I think uh, that. I know. But back to Bastard. real quick uh, about... What you said about not listening, I, I actually went through a phase of my life where I purposefully, it's like, I need to prove that this thing is real. Mm. So I'm going to purposefully go, and this is actually a great training exercise if you want to develop your intuition. Hmm. You purposefully go against your gut. Oh, yeah. Now, you don't do it with big, major things. But right. Say, hey, you know what? You should take your phone uh, down to your car when you need to go get that thing that you need to get. And you say, nah, nah, I'm not gonna. So you don't. And you go down to the car and you're there for 10 minutes. And it happens that, you know, you decide to clean your car and you're there for maybe 25 minutes. Well, you mm -hmm. come back up and you miss an important call. Yes. For example. I, can I tell you, this is the weird, I will, I will literally look at my phone and 
and I'll think of somebody. And I'll go, um, you know what? I have I have to call so and so. And I swear to fucking God, they'll call. Absolutely. Like 100 percent And I, I and I'll, manifesting like connection it's, I, That's the weirdest thing to me though, because there's no rhyme or reason. I'll just be like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't heard from so and so in a while. No, it's explainable. Like, oh, totally it's crazy. explainable. Yeah. You are receiving a energetic signal that's being sent out. So like Tesla. If you've done any research on Tesla, we have the same birthday. So I'm, you know, oh, nice. So I'm, That's so I'm, cool. Yeah. So I've learned, you know, researched a lot about uh, Tesla. Ronnie James Dio, too. Same oh, birthday. I don't know who that is. Oh, Ronnie James Dio is like the yeah. godfather of heavy metal singing. Oh, shit. I don't know why. Yeah. Dio. Yeah. Do um, he's, he's passed now, but. Right, uh, right. That's another great story, which we won't talk about now, but I, mean, I got a chance. Well, to you're coming back. We've already decided you're coming back. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but the Tesla thing, so Tesla did experiments and actually, if you don't already know, created a system of essentially wireless technology oh, before yeah. wireless. Right, right, right. Before wireless, sending energy, energy signals to, you know, to lights and would light up you know, yeah. fields. Right. And right. reusable so, where it wasn't. Usable. No, reusable. So oh, it, it, it didn't It die. would have been. Yeah. Sadly, the technology was lost and or stolen, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, yeah theft. But it's a simple phenomenon. It's someone is sending their energy out. Mm -hmm. In this case, your friend is saying, I'm sending, they're, they're, they're sending energy out to you going, I'm, they're reaching out to you. Right. And they're like, uh, they're, basically, you're receiving their energy before their physical energy shows up. Wow. So they go, oh, I, I, I need to call him. Bam. They send it out. And you go, wait a minute. You're not, you're receiving it. Mm. You're, we are constantly, constantly sending and receiving energy like that. And we just right. don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't think, I think it was the two neutrinos that they had sent into, into space or whatever that could communicate with each other from different ends of the globe, basically like one shot out and they were like, how are they communicate? Like, they, like they still don't have an answer for how exactly they would be able to send information and communicate to each other, but they, they found out that they were somehow. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I totally believe uh, no, no, yeah. it's funny. Like some people like my wife are very receptive of outer things. I'm not so much, but I feel like. I can have a thought and manifest it into reality pretty like if I, if I'm like, I'm going to do this. It's not even a matter of like setting the universe in motion, but for some reason it occurs. Like I can yeah. doodle in a book, like an idea, close that book, put the book away. And then two years later, come back and be like, Oh, I did that. That's where this, like, this is where it started. Oh yeah. 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 Isn't that weird? Crazy. It's not, it's not weird because it's only weird because it's not talked about. Sure. So that's the thing. We're not we're not really raised to 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 understand that. But I think the next wave of uh, you know human evolution, if there Renaissance. is evolution, not yeah. de-evolution, because I actually think that we had all these abilities and we're using them, well, you know, in the past and kind of got away and came more towards the material, mm. which is where we're now. But we are now, but trying to get back, I think, to what our ancestors did naturally. Mm. Anyway, those those things are happening and, and you can develop them if you want to. And also, like, it's the same thing when you get a vibe like I, I'm just getting this 
this vibe, something's going to happen, you know, I don't know, or, or oh, yeah. I don't know what's wrong, but I just feel like something's not right right now. And yep. then you find out later, you know, maybe someone passed or someone's going through something that you love or even just happenings in, in the world. Like I, I, I said to, you know, my closer friends, I said the first three months, there's going to be a major event that happens in 2022. I don't know what it is, but we're going to see a major event happen. And I think this whole thing with the Ukraine is, a, is the beginning of that. Oh God. Yeah. But it's the energy is already in motion. Right. It's not yeah. like it just happened. Man, they they wrote so many articles during the, um, you know, Trump administration, and everything just about how, yeah, there's a collective feeling in the entire country uh, you know, and every, like everybody's going through the same trauma and now, especially obviously with COVID, there's all this PTSD right. that we're going to have that we're not even, you know, acknowledging that we're going to experience yet. But yeah, there was a, I mean, it was, it's the only time and I'm young, you know, I'm not, well, young, you know what I mean? But like, I understand that there's been other shit that's happened in the past too, but it was one of those experiences for us. And I guess from my generation, it's like, it was a weird time to go like everybody in the country is feeling the exact same thing for the most part where we're like, yeah. there's some kind of unrest nobody's sleeping well nobody's feeling great something's going on you know and it was everybody you talked to felt the same same exact yes. way collectively and, it, and and we're actually you know there's i think there's i think we're experiencing a very big shift you know energetically with people uh, mm -hmm. i think there's there's some kind of shift that it's happening um we're, we're going to be going through that like we went through COVID collectively. There's going to be some big stuff, I think, that's around the corner. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the most important time for us to really be able to have those abilities, you know, working as much as they can to help, sure. you know, protect ourselves and the people that we love, you know, in case yeah. it's like, you know, I'm getting this feeling I, I should stay home today with my, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, with my wife and my kids, you know, you're yeah. listening to that. Yeah. 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 Um, I know it's crazy. It's crazy, man. I could feel like we could talk about this stuff forever. I, I know. Gotta but I got to ask it for a while. No, no, no. I know it's, and it's, it's fascinating too. Cause I, I mean, I, I have the alien stuff. We got to get you back on to talk about Dude, that. You know, anytime you just let me know, happy to be here. I always, I always think of the story. You. Thank you. By the way, I always think of the story mm -hmm. of, uh, the lead singer, the smashing, uh, pumpkins had said when his, one of his friends revealed himself to be like, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a lizard person, lizard person. <laughs> you know, yeah, swear to God. And like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know whether to believe him or not. He obviously says he experienced it and the guy, you know, he turned around and turned back and it wasn't his friend and it was something else. But I mean, if any of my friends are like, Hey man, I got to share the real me. I'd be like, let's fucking go dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like <laughs> let, but no one ever, you know, whatever I'll wait. Absolutely. And there's a um, lot of stuff out there that we don't know about. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that's very, very real that you wouldn't think is real, but it is. Sure. Yeah. Happy to talk about that another time. So you guys awesome. just yeah. let me know. So let me ask you the big three. We got the same questions we ask every guest. Uh, okay. End of the end of the show. So if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Oof, one of today the being that... a Wednesday. No, I'm just kidding. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> we get real specific here. One of, the thing... <laughs> one of the things I would say is when people, when people punish you or judge you or seek to put you down or to hold you down, don't 
give that as a clue to also punish yourself. Let that mm. one punishment just be the punishment. And Ooh. that's from them. And you know what? They're doing that for their own reasons. It's got really not much to do with you. That's a great way to look at that. Don't double punish yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that being singularly already a, 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 a punishment. That was something that just came the other day because it's like, you know, when someone had this experience with someone who, again, looking beneath the surface, I knew what they were, their energy at me was, and it wasn't uh, good. And then I started to mimic their energy like we do, like, like you do, I'm sure, like you do mm -hmm. as artists. And we, and we do, we start like, not only did they like, you know, whip me in the back, but I took the whip that they, you know, had originally and I took it and I started to do it to myself without even right. thinking. And that's something that's a habit. It's a habit I've done all my life and I never realized it. I said, you have to stop that. Let yeah. that, let that their own punishment energy attack on you. Let that just be the only attack. Mm. Don't add to it yourself. That's a good point. What's next? Um, second question. So uh, what had to end in your life, good or bad, for you to wind up where you are today? What had to end? Mm. What had to end was believing in fantasy more than reality. Hmm. Interesting. And that's right. something that is... The era of fantasy is ending. Mm. What I mean by that is yeah. take a look and you'll see. Um, the age of celebrity is coming oh. to an end. Gotcha. Because you, we can see everything about them. And what we see, what we don't see is what makes celebrities celebrities. What we don't see. Right. They show us something. They're, the PR team has an image. They show that to you, and that's what makes you like them because they only show you very, very, very small yeah. piece. Yeah. It's what you don't see that keeps them at that level of celebrity, of godlike celebrity. But that age is over now. Right. It's coming to an end with Cameo, with Instagram, with Facebook, with, with reality shows, with you know, being overexposed and seeing all this stuff, there be that the age of celebrity is coming to an end, which is a mimic or or a what I would call a um, representation of basically the end, the starting, the beginning of the end of fantasy. Hmm. It's going to affect everything. Nice. Um, for, but for it's not going to be pretty. For a second, you almost broke my heart, and I was like, "Please don't mention Marvel movies." Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, movies. "I do they not want those to end." Uh, <laughs> they've already killed off Iron Man. You're killing. Oh me. gosh, I know. Yeah. I love those movies, though. Me too. Oh, uh, if you haven't watched Hawkeye, it's awesome. I have. It's so good. That was yeah. one of my one of my favorite ones. That was yeah, so great. great. Did you finish it, Tom? I didn't finish it yet. I got to get. Oh, I got to get through it. Yeah, I, know. I love it. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm caught in so many things. Sorry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Yeah, number three. Um, if this is a genuine dystopia, uh, you know, aliens, zombies, the whole the whole shebang, climate change hits, comet coming towards Earth. Um, how would you? Uh, what would be your epic death? How would you want to go out? How would I want to go out? Yeah. Hmm. Like, huh? Any way you want to. Wow. 
I, I think if I had a choice, I would be piloting a plane, Ooh. even though I don't know how to fly. <laughs> okay. I'd be piloting a plane. And why would I be piloting a plane if the world was about to end? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's dystopia. None of it matters. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. So I'm piloting the plane, but I can't, I have to, I don't know. The plane gets blown up, but I survive. And that's how I die. Is I, I'm down. I'm oh. falling down, like skydiving without a parachute. Nice. That's Scott, a great way a to go. Plane exploded. Your I love it. Flying a plane without knowing how to fly it, and then just <laughs> skydive without. That's beautiful. Well, if this would happen, who would know? Yeah, maybe. No, maybe I mean, you're like running, and you attempt it. And you're like, "There's a plane. I might live. I don't know how to fly it, but." I think I in reality, though, like I know this isn't reality, but I think if I'm answering sincerely, mm. I would say I would like to be with a lot of people, comforting them, letting them know that, you know, with the, you know, incoming explosion or whatever, mm. the, you know, the atom bomb, the nuclear situation explosion, I'd be like, guys, you know what? We're all going together. And this is just one stop and we're, it's going to happen fast. We're going nice. to be fine. And we're all gonna, you know, be on to the next thing. Well, I hope you're our guide when it happens. I'm coming to you. <laughs> I'm coming to you. All, maybe we'll be at the uh, the the Rock in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. doing the thing, and we'll just. That's a great way to go. Like the end of Mars attacks when they go into the mountains, but I think that's in Colorado. So we won't go to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before you, before you go though, I just noticed it now, man. That is a badass watch. I love cuff watches. Cuff oh, bands. Thanks. I've always this, had them. That is a, epic. This is a. Uh, 1950s hamilton watch oh my god i know I, I my know. dad gave it to me he, wow. he found it on a golf course like third over i think over 30 years ago found it brought it back and said i found this watch um no one claimed it so they said no one claimed it do you want it he said sure this wow. watch is like it's it's a it's a cool watch that is it that yeah. is a crazy awesome watch dude i yeah. always look for cuff, i have a few cuff band watches i love watches as well as yeah that. Um, and, but, uh, but I had to get, I got the Apple, you know, the iPhone or whatever, which is like, ugh, not as great as a nice watch, but you know what I mean? You got to yeah. use it. But I, I found online a cuff band for it that I oh, could cool. actually, cause I was like, I'm not wearing that fucking rubber thing around my wrist, <laughs> you yeah. know, for the, for the rest of forever. So I've got a bunch of different cuff bands for it, but that's badass, man. That's awesome. man. well, look, we ever, uh, we could be awesome roommates, but also yeah. bad roommates because we'd always be stealing each other's jackets and watches. <laughs> right. Switching. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's great uh, talking with you guys, man. Hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Pleasure, You're welcome man. back anytime, man. Oh, wait. Oh. Is there a link to my Instagram on this? There will. Um, we can will run be? it on the bottom of the screen, but when we yeah. post it, we, we put all your links. Sweet, man. I hope I hope that I can, you know, I know that we're in touch, but I hope that we're in yeah. touch too, man. As soon yeah. as we get off this, I'll make sure we link up. Awesome. Without a doubt. Looking forward all right, guys. Man. Be well. Talk right. to you Peace, later. guys. Such a pleasure, man. Dystopia tonight.